Welcome to our podcast, Autoimmune and You. I'm one of your hosts, Erica. And I'm your other host, Rachel. We're just two women with rheumatoid arthritis who are sharing our personal experiences managing this disease holistically. And we are both wellness coaches, so we are super passionate about empowering you to live your happiest and healthiest life. Hey everyone, welcome back to Autoimmune and You. Today, Rachel and I want to talk about synchronicities, opportunities, coincidences that have aligned on our health journey that we didn't really, you know, think would happen, um, but ended up happening and it was exactly what we needed. I think we kind of talked about this in the last episode of like, we alluded to the fact that like things have happened for us, but we haven't really gone into specifics of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we started recording, you know, we were thinking about talking about this. And the first thing that came to my mind was I've talked about this before, but when I was diagnosed, you know, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. And a few weeks before my diagnosis, I really was having suicidal thoughts or, or at least thinking like, you know, I don't want to be here. I'm okay if, you know, something, a car comes, hits me and I'm dead. Like, like that's as real as it gets. Like that was the place that I was in before my diagnosis. And so when I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, that was that initial awakening for me. Like as crazy and as scary as it was, I knew this was my wake-up call. Like, that's how I saw this diagnosis. And so from the beginning, because I had that feeling, I feel like throughout this whole journey, things have gradually aligned for me perfectly. Mm -hmm. So when I went to go pick up the medicine, the sulfasalazine or the methotrexate, either one she put the prescription in for, I decided to go with the sulfasalazine and that wasn't there when I went to go pick it up. They had ran out of it. And to me, you know, just remembering what the the pharmacist said of like, this is a really common medicine. I don't know why we don't have this on hand right now. Like this is not very typical. Mm -hmm. I literally took that as a sign from the universe of like, this is an opportunity to um, dive deeper into yourself and to figure out what I could do on my own to heal my body. And so by not picking up that medicine and going home and, you know, seeking alternative treatments, that has what, that's what led me here today. If I, if that didn't happen and I would have picked up the sulfasalazine, which is crazy because now I'm on it, but this is six plus years later. If I would have started it then, I probably, I'm going to say confidently that I would have not made any of the decisions that I've made in the last whatever years on this health journey. Like literally, I would have just continued to eat the standard American diet. I would have continued to live with depression and anxiety. I would have continued to suffer basically every single day of my life. And that moment was like, it changed everything for me. Absolutely everything. Because a lot of people that get diagnosed don't really give themselves that option, or at least they don't even know about the alternative option of holistic living, right? Like they just go, okay, this is what my rheumatologist suggested. Like I have to just immediately get on this. And they don't even give themselves time to reflect. And so because that happened, I gave myself time to reflect. And I analyzed my life and saw like, hey, Erica, like 
you are living an extremely inflammatory lifestyle. And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for that medication not being there at that moment. Yeah, I think that especially in America, and I know other countries too, but especially here, everything is like so pushed on medication or not. And that's something that, you know, we've talked about so much on the podcast, but something that we really wanted to dive deep on today was all of that other growth that comes as a result of the um, diagnosis. It's kind of like you're thrown this thing and you have an opportunity to either like seize and take control of your life and take control of your health in a way that you've never actually been forced to before, Mm -hmm. or you are forced into like this submission and this, this lack mindset of, Oh, my body hates me. And, Oh, you know, I'm going to be stuck on this medication forever, or I'm not, I'm going to be stuck with these symptoms forever, Mm -hmm. or, you know, life is never going to get better. And honestly, like we talked about this in the last episode, both of us did not take that as an answer. We both said, in our own ways, you know what? No, like I'm going to tackle this hat on. And for me, that meant getting on a medication right away. And for Erica, that meant holding off for five years. And that's just like proof that everyone's journey is different. And we can all come to like a similar place in different ways, right? Like we both have had such profound spiritual and emotional and mental and physical growth um, over the past few years. And we continue, right. We're on this growth mindset journey where we know that we're just going to continue to grow and change throughout every single day, every single week, every single month. But we definitely, everyone goes about it in different ways and we have different growth along the way. And we have to tackle different, you know, shadow work and stuff like that along the way. And something that I've been feeling very, very called to lately is opening up that world of, the spiritual side of things for my clients of showing it doesn't have to be this like scary, weird, you know, woo woo thing. Um, and honestly, before my my health journey, I had always been like, like intuitively spiritual, even as a child, like I just had this like sense about me, but I was always kind of taught to like, push it down, push it down. And because it was like weird or like different or whatever. And my mom would be like, kind of freaked out by it. My dad and my stepmom would like encourage it within me, but I didn't live with them for the most of the time. And so it's interesting to see now who I am and who I've like allowed my soul to kind of evolve into and looking back and being like, Whoa, like she's been there the whole time. That Mm -hmm. part of me has always been there, but it's funny that it took a diagnosis and it took this huge shift in life in order to really unlock that full potential there. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree. Like I've always felt intuitive my whole life, but I I think a lot of that was misguided by trauma that I experienced. And so this is really important to understand that, you know, sometimes we think we have an intuitive feeling, but it is often guided by the trauma that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um And I think that's how my old self before my diagnosis was functioning. Like there was that intuitive level there, but like sometimes it was really misguided by, you know, my emotions and my thoughts and things like that. And now I feel like I have a clearer direct link to my intuition because I know that it's now coming from a place of stillness, a place of calmness and a place of peace Mm -hmm. versus before it was coming from a very chaotic state of mind where I was almost like, you know, like 
oh, I have a feeling this person's like out to get me or like I have a feeling like this person's a bad person. But really it was just like my trauma that was misguiding me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, my mom, my mom and my grandma like have always been spiritual, I guess, I, whatever. That's the thing about spirituality. I don't know. It's all how you perceive it. I don't know yeah, if there's exactly. like a clear, there's a clear, yeah, I don't know if it's like a clear cut definition, but my grandma, even though she was religious, she was Christian. Um, she was also, to me, very spiritual. Like she just had this connection with people. Like she had this radiating energy. And when I was younger, I remember like my grandma talking to everyone, like literally like on a bus, like at the bus stop to a homeless person or to, to me when I was little, someone that looked scary, but my grandma didn't have that. Like she just radiated this energy and like she provided that peace in that space for calmness for someone to feel like they could be themselves um and as a kid I didn't you know I'd be like grandma why do you got to talk to everyone like why do you got to be like that um but now as I get older it's crazy how you find yourself uh, falling into those types of things but my mom also like my mom has also been like a spiritual intuitive person but again her whole life was traumatic as well so very misguided but I feel like now as she gets older I can clearly see the ways that I've learned to tap into my own body, to tap into other people. Um, And she's a massage therapist, so she does like Reiki healing and stuff like that. So I really feel like I'm a natural healer. Like that's how I feel. Like I feel like throughout this whole process that I've learned to understand that like I am a natural healer. Like it feels uncomfortable. Like, you know, when I got diagnosed, I wasn't like immediately in the mindset of like, I'm a natural healer. Yeah. Um, But I really, really feel like my purpose on this earth is to be able to help people um, and be there for them and provide that space of safety and um, just that deeper connection that people long for, especially when they have health issues. Um, so yeah, it's just crazy how what you were before, like, as we said, like we were intuitive, but I'm sure for both of us, it means even more now, like we're experiencing it on an even deeper level than we could have imagined. Oh, a, a thousand percent. And it's funny because I have such a hard time putting into words the deep, deep, just soul knowings and the alignments that I feel and the energy, like the way that I read people's energy and the way that I feel people's energy is just out of this world. And I really don't ever talk about it because it's something that's obviously very close to me and it's like within me. Right. And there are some people that talk very, very outwardly about it. Um, and I think that especially the way that I share on social media has shifted a lot in the past year, year and a half, because I used to like get content out there just all the time, every single day, just being like, I need to get something out there. Like I need, I need to stay like quote unquote relevant and like know that like I'm there for people. But now I have this sense of, I know that people know that I'm there for them no matter Mm -hmm. what, even if I'm not posting every single day or even every week on my store or on my feed, like on my stories, I'm always there. But I think it's, really important. Like we find that own balance of what is really deep and sacred to us and maintaining that as sacred and what we share with the world as far as our spiritual experiences. Um, and so for instance, like I am literally receiving soul downloads, meaning like, like words flowing through me that like, I'm not just sitting there thinking of the words, they just flow through me. And I'm like, Whoa, 
And I have note after note after note in my phone of all of these different like soul downloads that happen. Um, and then like one of my dear friends, Lyric, that I've um, talked about many times that will be on the retreat with us. She is um, a Reiki master as well. And she just like her and I have the most insane connection. There's literally no words to explain it. Like just constant synchronicities. Like I'll be like, typing out her name, texting my boyfriend or something. And then she texts me when we haven't talked all day mm-hmm. or like she was, um, over at, she stayed at my um, apartment like two weekends ago. Um, she was visiting and just like constant alignment, just like with everything we would like go to say something or go to do something, or it's always something. And it's really beautiful. Like just to even have that, like one person where you have that, like really, really deep connection with and, and that empowers that within you. Um, I wanted to share something because I know you were talking about like feeling people's energy and like how your grandma would like come up to other people and just know that like, even if they look scary, like they have a good energy about them. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I don't know why, but it's just kind of come up a lot is I have this really deep feeling like every single, and we talked about this on the last episode or maybe the last two where I, I personally have a belief. And I think most of us do in some capacity that we are souls in a human body on this planet. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, especially recently, like I said, have had this deep feeling, like even when I pass someone on the street that I just like, don't feel a necessarily good energy from it no longer feels like, like a bad person or, you know, they're doing something wrong. It feels Mm -hmm. like a wounded soul. Mm -hmm. It feels like someone, whatever soul is within that body wandering on this planet is just so wounded and they might not in this life be able to tackle whatever it is that has wounded them in past lives. Yeah. And it's interesting because ever since that just kind of came to me, um, it came to me literally during a meditation and it came to me and I was like, whoa, it completely changed my perception of the people around me that especially strangers Yeah, where I don't look at like, for instance, I mean, I live in downtown Seattle, like you pass by people just like shooting up on the street with drugs, right? Stuff like that happens. And I pass by them and I used to pass by them like, oh, like gross. Like how could they just be doing that? And now I'm like, wow. Like it's very sad. It's deeply sad. And like, yes, it's still disheartening, but I look at it in in such a different lens of that poor soul. Like that person is not like addiction is a terrible thing. Like, yes, from like a human, like rational aspect. Yes, it's terrible. Of course we want them to get clean, whatever. Yeah. But from a soul level, we have no idea what that person, what that soul has been through in this life, in other lives. Like yeah, the amount of deep inner work that they would have to do to overcome that. And maybe they're just not ready for that in this life. And maybe they will be ready for that at some point in this life. Yeah. I wanted to say, especially about like, I guess, empathy, right? Like before, like my grandma and my mom have always been extremely empathetic. Like my mom has always been like, you know, she has extra clothes in the back of her car, like she'll get out and give it to a homeless person. Like if we had extra food left over, she would always drive I like literally we would drive around to find someone to give the food to like that's how I grew up before I think my empathy was coming from like oh that that sucks that's sad but now it's coming from even deeper level empathy of like man people are literally suffering Mm -hmm. like they are going through so much suffering and their drug addiction their homelessness or whatever uh 
mental illness they're experiencing is a result of their suffering, you know, and, and, and it deepens your compassion for people because, you know, even say someone at a grocery store, right. Who's like grumpy and they're checking you out. Like prior to my diagnosis, I would have assumed Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're a miserable person. They, they don't want to do their job. Right. Da, da, da. And now I look at it. I'm like, man, this person is probably doing a job they don't want to do. Let's face it. Not People don't grow up thinking, I want to work at a grocery store at 40 years old. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But for most people, they they have other dreams, but maybe they can't get there because of finances or whatever situations that have happened to them. And so now I can look at people and go like, and not take it personally, right? Mm -hmm. Like not take people's anger and frustration personally and be like, you know, what is it that they're going through? Like, why aren't they able to be present? You know, why is their energy off? It's not that they're inherently a bad person or a mean person. It's just they're going through something because this, even having this disease, you know, being in times where I haven't slept well for days, I'm in pain, I'm stiff. And you know, having to put on a face to the world and pretend that you're fine. I mean, it's like, it's difficult, you know, and some people are better at hiding it than others. And I don't think it's necessarily really good to have to like hide that. But like, our energy does shine through even our words, right? So like, I could even say like, oh, I'm fine. But like someone's, you know, my friends are really, I guess I'm really not that good at hiding things because people could see straight through me. They're like, Erica, I already knew that. I'm like, oh, how did you know? Um, But yeah, I think even this, this journey has taught me more like deepened my compassion. It's deepened my empathy. It's mm-hmm. de- it's deepened my intuition. So yeah, now when I drive by and I see a homeless person, I'm thinking like, man, what type of trauma are yeah. they carrying with them? And like, how sad is that, that they haven't had that opportunity um, or maybe things haven't aligned at that moment for them to get out of that. And I feel very thankful that everything on my journey has been so like um, health promoting, you know, whether it's my support, like think about it. So many people don't even have support, a support enough to believe in that person to get past that. And like, I just think about every person on this journey, including you, including people I've met online, you know, my husband, um, my family that have promoted that growth for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people just don't have, they don't have that opportunity. It really deepens your, not only your connection with yourself when you start to like really let go, but it deepens, it, it helps you to uncondition, right? Society and evolution and whatever has conditioned us to worry so much about these things that happen in our life. And I look back and I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, like, yes, having an autoimmune disease freaking sucks. Like rheumatoid arthritis freaking sucks. It sucks to wake up every day in some degree of discomfort and not even know if I'll ever live another day without pain. However, in the grand scheme of things, it's honestly tiny. And some people will probably get pissed at me for saying this, but it is like in the grand scheme of things, in all the things you can endure in a lifetime, that's honestly not going to be the worst thing that ever happens to you. I'm just going to throw it out there. Well, if I mean, there's the heartbreak thing that possibly happens to you. You got it real fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. There's like so many other things that we don't really think about that are like, especially like heartbreak, like 
true like heartbreak. I mean, you went through a divorce. Like there's like things in life that really, really like take a toll on you. And yes, like physical pain does take a toll on you, but it's kind of sometimes these like big emotional events that can Mm -hmm. really be the thing that, you know, tips you over. Yeah. Just like not, I know I've mentioned in a lot of episodes that that book, the body keeps score. Like it literally talks so much about like how much emotion we hold in that we don't even realize. Yeah. Um, and I think that like those emotional wounds are something that we have to tackle. The body is holding on to so much more and it's not about the medication. It's not just about the diet. It's not just about movement. It is so much about that deep, deep work and aligning your chakras and aligning like what your mind is doing with what your body is doing and aligning like what your actions are doing compared to what you're thinking about or what you're saying you're going to do. All of it is connected. And it's something that there's not nearly enough emphasis on in the autoimmune community. I think in general, as a collective, there are a lot more people that are starting to wake up to this idea, right? Mm -hmm. Especially on social media, you probably see it more often than you used to. But I think in general, in the autoimmune community, there's not nearly enough of a push for it. And it's something that I'm calling, I'm feeling very called to do, which is why I have like in my autoimmune support group, I do one call per month with another holistic practitioner. And that's why I think it's so important is because I've brought in a Reiki healer. I've brought in a breathwork coach. I've brought in a psychologist. I've brought in um, next month will be a meditation um, teacher. And it's something that's really important because those are things that, again, we kind of like I mean, I used to be in the same boat. I used to have this like woo-woo mentality of the the word shadow work. It sounds scary. It sounds different. I'm like, I don't know what the heck that is. And that sounds like demons, literally, right? Like some people might be laughing at this and being like, oh, yeah, that's what I think about it. I was the same way. But then when you really dive into what is shadow work, right? All it is, is looking at what is in your subconscious. What are those like parts of yourself that you don't look at, right? You're the light in you is a lot of times, like what's coming, what's supposed to be coming out, like, let's say like the front of you, right? The shadow is what is behind you. What is deep, deep inside of you that honestly does come out sometimes, but it comes out in a way that isn't healthy because you're actually like projecting that onto other people rather than when you do deal with that and you do process the things that have gone on or the things that are going on within you deep within you, that's when you're able to actually neutralize it and not take it out on other people and then continue to actually spread the light rather than spreading that darkness around. That's literally all that means. And the shadow work can be done in many different ways. It's not one thing. It can be therapy. It can be, you know, movement. It can be meditation practice. It can be sound healing. It can be breath work. It can be like, it can be so many different things. And I just, I just feel so, so deeply about helping people to wake up to that. The thing I mean, that I wanted to share is a like a soul download that I wrote down um, back in December. Um, it was actually when I had COVID and I, it was a very like crazy, but COVID was a really like spiritual experience for me because I was forced to like, we all know that I'm like an energizer bunny and I have all the energy and I want to do all the things and help all the people. And I couldn't do any of it. Right. I was like sitting at home for seven days by myself and a lot came through. I did a lot of deep healing because there's only so much Netflix you can watch or I can watch. I get so bored of it. Um, and it was almost like what we talked about in the last episode when I was first diagnosed, it was almost like that all over again. I was like, okay, well, I'm like sitting here and I have nothing else to do. Obviously I was like talking to friends constantly. Cause I was like, I'm a total extrovert and I need people. But other than like FaceTiming people, I was just like sitting and journaling and like all of these crazy soul downloads are coming through again. These are words that just flowed through me. Uh, one of the things I wrote down was beyond the senses. What are we beyond taste, smell, touch, we're essence, energy, soul be here now in every here 
Energy is in every single idea, thing, loving being, ready to tap in at any time. I tap into my essence. I love her truly, deeply. I'll never lose her again. And to find her, sometimes I need to physically be alone. And that is something that has rang so true, literally like ever since I was first diagnosed, I know that there are moments that I have to be alone in order to really, really tap into that, but I don't really like to be alone. And I do know that part of that is because it's hard. It's hard work to be alone and to truly sit with your feelings and your thoughts, but it's something that we all need to do. And we all need to tap into and embrace. It's a huge part of the journey is building that up within yourself. And that's why both of us um, as coaches like are so diligent about empowering each individual to their own abilities, to their own values. Like we're all so different. Like we have to embrace that and a diagnosis. And we have said this before, a diagnosis can be a catalyst to actually finding yourself to actually being who you want to be. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, when COVID hit, everyone kind of was like, oh God, like, do I even want to be doing this job? Like, I don't want to yep. go back to that job after COVID yep. or, oh, I want to work from home forever now. Like people had that opportunity kind of like a clean slate. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same idea. And we talked about this a little bit in the last two episodes, but uh, it allows you to do that soul searching on a level that you might not have even ever thought or like um, realized before. Yeah. You might not have ever been like, am I being my true self? Yep. Am I actually shining light? Am I worrying about little things? Like it, it makes you think about things in a very different way and it's, it is for the best. It truly is, but it only is for the best. If you allow it to be, if you yeah. allow yourself to dive into that. And you know what, that doesn't mean that you have to get diagnosed and immediately be like, great. Now I get to do a soul search. Like, mm -mm. no, it's going to be traumatic. It's going to be hard. It's going yeah. to be like probably one of the most difficult things you've done in your life, but there's not, again, not to be a pessimist, there's going to be worse. And this can prepare you for that. There's going to always be harder things in life that come at you. And that's because you get stronger and stronger and stronger as you go. And each time you build up another piece of armor, it protects you. It helps protect you for that next bigger thing that happens. Like just think about trajectory of life and the way that it goes. It's not to say that like life just like goes down and down and you just keep getting beat down. It means that in order to reach for those really good things that happen, because things keep getting better and better as they get harder and harder, like that's the way that life should go and will go, but you have to let go of that control a little bit and let it just flow. And that's how things start to flow into alignment. And that's how, when things do get harder, while they are harder, they might not seem or feel deeply as hard as they really might be because yeah. you've done that work, because you've connected with yourself, because you've learned to neutralize that like energy that comes at you. Yeah. I want to plant an idea in your mind. Like we have, like I said earlier, been so conditioned to think in a certain way, to act in a certain way, to worry about the little things, to be so like wrapped up in what the media is telling us and like current events and all that stuff. I urge you every time from this point forward, when you feel that, like that, like tightness in your chest or your heart beating, like actually notice how your body is reacting when you're consuming certain types of media, when you are hearing certain types of things, when you're eating certain foods, that's how you start to really tune into your body. And that's when you can start tuning into your mind a little bit more and being more aware. And something that I've realized now that I am in a very healthy relationship 
is that because of all of that stuff, because of my past 11 year relationship, that my divorce, this past relationship that, you know, with a narcissist, like all of this stuff, I now have the tools and the awareness of when I'm feeling anxious about something, I'm able to verbalize it and explain why I'm anxious, how it's making me feel. And I'm able to talk to my partner about this is what I would like from you. And that only comes from doing that work, like being able to verbalize how you're feeling, being able to actually understand what it is that you're feeling. People say all the time, listen to your body, listen to your body, you know, feed your mind. It's like, what the hell does that mean? Well, the way to start is just by building awareness. Awareness is the first step in anything. So like I said, when you're doing anything throughout the day, just take a quick second to notice how it's making you feel throughout your entire body. Do a quick little body scan. How is my head feeling? How's my heart feeling? How are my muscles feeling? How are my joints feeling? Um, how is my mind feeling? And from there, you can start to build out and really identify what are your triggers? What make you feel really good? What brings you joy? What makes you laugh? These are all steps. And that's honestly all shadow work as well is connecting to that is maybe moving your shoulders a little bit, flowing with some music, like, um, you know, moving your hips a little bit, rolling your head around, stretching out your body. All of it is part of that work. It is not just one thing. It does not look like one thing. Like Erica said, as far as like spirituality, it does not look like one thing. We have this like idea in our mind that spirituality is like a guru meditating on a cushion. <laughs> like that mm. is not it. Like I'm a very spiritual person. Erica's a very spiritual person. But then you look at like, I don't know, Deepak Chopra. He's a very spiritual person. You look at all these other people. It looks like many different things. Um, and I think that it's so important to build awareness, to recognize who you are deep within, and then to let go of the things that you can't control and realize realize that we have been conditioned and that it's our job to uncondition, to practice living outside of that conditioning, to like actually be in moments when they happen and to be with feelings when they come about, such as when traumatic feelings come to the surface. Like I've had conversations, like, like in my current relationship, I've had conversations where those feelings that I used to get in my past relationship will come up. But now I'm at a place where I'm able to recognize that and again, neutralize that in a way that I can verbalize how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way and where it's coming from, rather than just taking it out on him and yelling and screaming and, you know, stomping away. <laughs> mm -hmm. So one of the things that, you know, the fundamental things that I talk to my clients about is just the concept of being present. So mm -hmm. when you're, when you're truly present in your life, you are able to be more self-aware. If you're not being present, you're not going to have that self-awareness mm -hmm. um, because you're too distracted by your thoughts. You're too distracted by your emotions that are tied to either your future or to your past. Um, and a good way to practice presence is, yeah, there's through meditation. Um, it, there's just simply sitting with yourself and just being in silence. Um, it could be going into nature. But the thing is, you have to give yourself that space. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to distinguish between what is an intuitive feeling and what is actually or what isn't happening. Because yeah. if you are like in a chaotic state and you're stressed out and you're frustrated, like 
you're not going to be able to connect to that that deeper knowing with inside of yourself. So you, like you really have to set aside time to just be quiet, just to be still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in our society, like we're so on the go, like everything's go, go, go. Lots we're always checking our phones. Yeah. yeah overloaded with information it's like a person's like well how do i even know what that is you know uh how do i even know what's the knowing inside of me how do i even connect to that or how do i connect to again that essence of myself um it's just for me i think it's been a process of continuously just giving myself that that silence that space that space to reflect to hear like Erica what what is that narrative going on in your head today mm-hmm. um and is that actually what's happening right now you know what i mean like so often we have this whole clutter and chatter in our head of all these worst case scenarios or whatever and it's like that's not even actually relevant to what's happening in this moment mhm Um, And so just giving yourself that space is absolutely important. Um, And that's why, again, I listen to so much Dr. Joe Dispenza because (laughs) this is honestly the fundamentals of of change and to connect to your intuition and to become the best possible version of yourself is constantly checking in with what type of thoughts am I having on a regular basis? What type of emotions am I experiencing mm-hmm. on a regular basis? What type of habits are, am I doing that don't align with this version of myself that I'm trying to be? Yeah. Um, and when you start doing things from that knowing place and that deep intuitive feeling, things will start to align for you on your health journey. I can say for almost every single one of my clients that starts doing this work on themselves, they'll be like, oh my God, the craziest thing happened. Like Mm -hmm. I met this person and they connected me to that person. Yeah. Or, oh my gosh, like just these like big signs that show up in their life to let them know that they are headed in the right direction. And you really have to like get excited about that. Like on my health journey, when things would happen, like I would like feed into that more of like, yes, yes, the universe is pushing me to where I need to be. Um, and really fully trusting it. Like that's the crazy part about your intuition. You always, you know, your analytical mind is going to start to be like, ah, is that really, you know? Um, And that's the difference between your intuition and not your intuition is that you don't have that analytical mind. always in sync. I literally was thinking the same thing to bring up. Yeah. Take it away. So that's why, yeah, it's important to recognize – you know, what that what space that you're operating within yourself, because that can make a big difference between making a decision that you thought with your mind was right versus like that, like, ooh, like, ah, oh, but I really think I need to be doing this, you know, and you kind of just neglect that feeling. Thoughts um, versus feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and sometimes it's not even just feel, right? Because feel, feeling can be distracted by our emotions and our emotions are not always true and they're all actually not always relevant to mm-hmm. what's actually happening into our life. So I think this word like knowing, like mm-hmm. I, I think that's what I connect intuition to is more of a, a knowing with, with absolute certainty yes. that this is the thing that I should be doing mm-hmm. or that I really want to do um, versus that hesitation like if it's if it's really supposed to happen like you you know it and we've said this before like you just 
you know it and there's not really any question about it. And if you do have questions of the mind, you put that aside and go, no, that's no, I'm going to do it this way because I know that's what I need to do. Um, and yeah, throughout this whole process of my healing, there's just been so many things. So, I mean, you've talked about it more elaborately. I mean, it's been six years, right? So like, I cannot like pinpoint exactly everything, but I know that there's just been so many things mm -hmm. that again, have led me to this point in my life. And yeah, it's just, it's a cool journey to be able to think like, what else am I going to, what else am I going to become or like experience in this life? The cool part about that is you have a choice. Everything in this life is a choice. You can say, oh my God, what's next? Or you can say, what's next? Right? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. all a choice in your perception of your life, in your perception of your inner being. And the way that I like to explain that like um, brain versus intuition is I like to think of it as like your brain versus your heart, right? Your intuition is like that gut feeling, that like instant feeling that you get, whether it's good, whether it's not good, whatever it is, when you meet someone new, when you have an idea, when you want to go do something, when you step into a room, whatever it is, right? That instant feeling that you get is your intuition. However, that intuition is conditioned through society to be a whisper. And your brain, like Erica said, is so quick to jump in and be like, yeah, well, what about this? What about that? That's not rational. No way. Mm -hmm. You couldn't mm -hmm. do that. There's no way you could make that happen. Yep. And your brain is immediately, like, you got like a split second to be able to actually harness that intuition and turn up the volume on it. Yeah. And you have to learn basically that all of that, like inner work is learning to turn up the volume on that intuition or that heart space, that gut feeling, that whisper and turn down the volume on that shout, that nasty voice that likes to tell you that you can't do the things that you want to and feel like you need to do. Mm -hmm. And that's like the bit, the easiest way to explain all of that inner work that we've been talking about. And Again, that looks like something different for everyone, but I highly, highly urge each and every one of you to just, if nothing else, open up your mind to the possibility of someday diving in because building that awareness, you will eventually want to dive in. You will be open to it, but you have to be open to the awareness of the things within you that you want to change the person that you want to be first. Yeah. And it's not even like Erica or I, like, you know, we're diagnosed and then we're sitting there like, I want to be a really good person and I want to shine light on everyone. And I want to have a podcast. And I honestly had no idea that any of this was going to happen, mm -hmm. but I started just following my intuition and following that gut feeling. And eventually it's led us to this point and who knows where it's going to lead us from here. That's again, it's the what's next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, we absolutely love hearing from you. We love hearing when things resonate with you and we are sending you all so, so, so much love. All right, guys, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our autoimmune and you podcast. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share on social media. We really appreciate every bit of support. Sharing is caring. Every like, subscribe, and share that we get helps us get our message out to more people. 